entrepreneurs, are you trying to make more profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard. And now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a profit and business strategist on a mission. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees sustainable profitability and guides your growth. I'd like to share strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. So I'm really excited to have my uh, guest on today, Ed Fortu. Porto? Porto, my apologies. Ed is a local business marketing consultant with over 30 years experience and is the co-founder of Email Open Rate Optimization, an email marketing consultancy, which specializes in getting more of your business emails delivered and opened, not just open, but read and clicked, which is what we're going to talk about today. This is such an important topic, and Ed is the master on it. Ed, thank you, and welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast. Marcia, thanks so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to this. Me too. So here's the thing that that always gets me. We think we hit send, and therefore it's happened, and it's done, and my recipient has a received it, they've opened it, and they love it. Wrong right? What are the current open rates right now on emails going out? Yeah, it's pretty sobering what happens uh, when an email is sent. And it, it doesn't happen the way most people are hoping it will. Usually open, a good open rate is, is considered around 20%. But a lot of the clients that we work with, we get much higher open rates, sometimes 70% uh, open rates. And that's because there's a lot of things that we do with email architecture to make sure that the emails get opened. When I ask people, what's the most important part of making money with email? I hear subject lines have to be really good, which is true. Copy has to be really good, which is also true. And I say, well, you know what? None of that matters if the email isn't delivered. So that's I... the first thing. And we shouldn't just assume that it is because more often than not, it doesn't get delivered to the recipient, especially business email. You know, it is it is such a, a hidden truth in email marketing. And, and first of all, I mean, I think we should step back. I probably jumped the gun a little bit with your question. But come on, let's just make the assumption and, and pull the elephant into the room. Email marketing is absolutely required for your business, correct? It is. It is. If you think about it, it's the number one communication channel that we have with people. Uh, when you talk to consumers, uh, how they want to interact with businesses, over half of them want to, to hear from businesses via email. Uh, there was a study done by McKinsey and Company that showed that email is 40 times more effective at acquiring new customers than social media. Those numbers are a little bit deceptive, but it shows how important email is as far as doing business on the internet's concern. Ah, it, it is essential. And, and um, I was told from one of my gurus that, um, you know, building the list is essential, but it's not just building the list, it's nurturing the list and communicating via the list. But I was told that every name on your list is worth at a minimum $1 a month. So if you have a $1,000 list or a 1,000 email list, you should be making about $1,000 from that list every single month. Do you find that to be true? 
In most cases, it's not. And it's certainly correctable if people do that. One thing that people don't realize is that there are three over 300 billion emails sent every single day, which is a staggering number. Uh, and 90% of those emails are spam. Mm-hmm. And when spammers are sending email, they're doing a few, th- few things. First, they're sending emails in bulk. Uh, they're using business email addresses. And many times they're spoofing an existing email account or so they've hacked into an email account and they use that email account to send out emails. And a lot of those emails are blocked by the email service providers because they know that they're spam. Now, look at a business that's sending out emails legitimately. They're probably using some sort of automation, especially if they have a list. So they're sending out emails in bulk like a spammer. Uh, They are probably not segmenting the list, so all the emails are going out at one time. Uh, They're using a business email address, and they're probably trying to sell in the email, which I'll talk about later, but unless you have an established account, because a lot of people will see other marketers selling in their emails, having very long emails. Uh, I could mention a couple of different copywriters that have extremely long emails. They email every day and they're heavy on the sales side. But what people don't realize is that those email addresses have good sender reputation that were built up over time. So the email providers are email box providers are a little bit more lenient with those guys. For the average person, we shouldn't really be selling in the email. We should. The only thing that we should sell is to get the person to uh, a web page where we can do as much selling as we want there. But if we're using a lot of selling words and phrases, those things are going to get flagged and where you're most likely going to end up is in the promotional folder or unfortunately in the spam folder. Wow, that's a really good point about warming up the audience. And, and it's not necessarily the, the recipient that you're trying to warm up, but you're trying to warm up the, the automated system that's reading it, the, 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 the recipient's email provider that's trying to say, hey, you're friend, you're not foe. So we're not going to automatically kick you in there. And um, so is there a method that we want to do with that? Like maybe how do you segment? So, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take a step back. The first thing that you want to do uh, when you open up an email account or if you have an existing email account is make sure that all your authentic- authentications are set up properly. And those are just an email signature that verifies that you are the actual owner of the email account that's sending that email. And that you mean like what, the signature at the bottom, like Marcia Reiner, you know, and my telephone no, number. No, these would be done within the DNS uh, setting. So they're SPF records, they're D, uh, DKIM records, uh, and even DMARC records. And I'll I'll briefly explain. Yeah, you're speaking a foreign language to some of us here. <laughs> <laughs> they, and what they are really is there there are signatures that verify that you are who you are imagine this spf is like locking the doors to your house dkim is like locking the windows to your house and then dmark is like having a security system so if somehow somebody broke a window or got the door the alarm goes off everything gets shut down at least in that instance so that intruder cannot do any harm now you can still send out emails but it blocks that person from doing anything the problem with dmark for probably 90% of people that set that up is they don't have it set up properly they don't have it set up to do anything 
Uh, they have it set up so that the email service, the, the mailbox providers can see that you have it, which is good. So that that's a, that's a, a good mark for you as far as getting your emails delivered. But if something happens, if someone actually breaches your email account, it doesn't do anything to stop them. So you have to set the setting up to block any emails if, for some reason, the, D, the DKI, DMARC, uh, I'm sorry, DKIM or SPF records are not properly authenticated. So that's, that's the first step. Is that something that the everyday person can do in their settings, or is that something that requires additional software and, and an expert to go in and do that? Yeah, there. The, the problem with setting that up is it seems simple because all of the ESPs, the email service providers, or any type of app that you're using that's connected to your email will give you instructions on how to set up SPF and DKIM for their particular service. The problem right. is most people have multiple services connected to their email. They've got maybe a, a uh, invoicing app or a proposal app, or they've got uh, the contact us form along with maybe something like AWeber or Active Campaign connected. All of those have to be authenticated. And each piece. Each piece, each, each piece. And as you add more of those applications to your email, the way you set it up becomes a little more different, a little different. So if you're looking at instructions for one, they're acting as if you're in a vacuum. It's the only service you have connected to your email. So right. a lot of people don't connect them properly. And that's when they get hung up. But Got that's it. that's the first piece. As long as you get, you, you pass that part, now when you, when you send your email, it goes to the email service provider from the SPF, which is kind of a clearinghouse. Um, not SPF. Uh, um, oh, boy, here, I'm, I'm blanking out on the clearinghouse. It, uh, don't, don't worry about it. It's, yeah, we're <laughs> still, we're still, you're, still, you're still talking the, the technical language on uh, it. Yeah, but I, I think I'm the, concept out of that. Is, the concept is still really visible, though. Because if you set up that authentication and that you're a real person and a real business doing real, real actionable sending of the email, you won't get blocked by the other person. So I have a business associate that I do a lot of um, work with, and I sent out a, a bulk set of emails, and I got blocked by him. And four months later, every time I send an email, it has to be approved, and I get the bounce back saying it's been blocked. Yeah. So this authentication, authentication is removing that challenge that you're going to face trying to do business on email, even if it's a legitimate business. So I'm loving right. that. So now you said that the second part is the ST, STP, STMP? Uh, so you've got the, yeah, so the ST, STMP, STMP yeah, is know, kind right? of the clearinghouse. After all these analogies, see, after a while, you know, all the letters get jumbled. Uh, is kind of the clearinghouse. So think of it as you're sending a piece of mail. You send it to, it goes from your mailbox to the central mail location. It's sorted, and then it's sent to the different email box providers, like Gmail, uh, Outlook, uh, Yahoo, um, uh, 
AOL. AOL. Yeah, then, right. My daughter still has Then AOL. they go through their own checks, and each one of them are a little bit different. So they're going to look at your subject line. They're going to look at the body copy. They're going to look to see if there are any bad links in there. They're going to look at your past, your, your, your sender reputation. They're going to see, look at the engagement that's happened in previous emails that you sent, where the people opened them, whether they clicked on the links, whether they replied to the links. And if all of that looks okay, then they will forward your email on to the recipient. And that's where you run yeah. into the problem that you just you just had, where it bounced once. So now it, that's part of your history with that email provider, email box provider. And you have to now overcome that because they're saying, okay, you've had some maybe bad emails in the past that got email addresses that you didn't realize was a bad email address and they bounced. Or somebody might have accidentally pushed spam or they got blocked or it looked overly promotional. So it went into a promotional folder. And now you have to kind of overcome that history with them. Gosh, this is this is crazy. I thought I hit send and it went. Now (laughs) I have to know all this crazy stuff to make sure that when I send an email to somebody who's expecting it, that they get it in, in the fashion. I had no idea that pulling open the curtain to the email providers and all of these acronyms was so, was, was even there. This is, this is so valuable. And so, all right. So keep talking. Tell me more that I have to, <laughs> I have to do now. <laughs> well, once we've, once we've gotten past that, and one of the things that people should really understand is when we look at, we've looked at a lot of people's emails. I mean, my, my business partner is the lead analyst in the deliverability department of one of the top uh, ESPs in the, in the world. And so he's been doing this for eight years. He sees, oversees the deliverability of millions of emails every single week. And what we found is that about 25% of business emails go into the spam folder. Uh, Somewhere between 15 to 25%. 25 to 50% go into the promotional folder. And so that leaves... 25% or more that are actually getting into the primary inbox. And so when people are thinking, well, this is just too much work. I'll just, I'll just send the emails. I don't worry about it. You know, there's a likelihood that just 25% of your emails are going to arrive to the inbox of the, of your recipient. And if you're looking at analytics and making decisions based on what your ESP is saying, what your open rate is, uh, you're, it's, they're very deceptive numbers. So you want to make sure you take care of that first. Uh, then you go into the second step. Uh, and, and here I, I tell people, try to think of how people look at email and think of how you look at email. I, I probably only open 1% of all the emails I receive and, 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 and maybe not even that many. So the first thing I do when I'm looking at emails, I'm looking to see if I recognize the recipient's name. So if I know you, then I'm going to open it. Uh, if I don't know you, I'm looking at the subject line. And if the subject line isn't compelling, I'm going to skip and go to the next email. But if you're sending in a sequence, in which I tell everybody to do, if you're doing cold email or if you're sending email to subscriptions, the first email for a subscription is probably going to get open because maybe you're offering some sort of um, uh, uh, tripwire gift for somebody, uh, a special report or something they're like that. They're expecting it because they yeah. signed up for it and they you sent something and they went, oh, okay, here it is. 
Right. And I'm looking for the thing that I signed up for. Uh, But if you're sending cold email, the likelihood that first email is open because they're they're not subscribed, they're probably not going to open it because they don't recognize you. But the subject line got their attention. Subconsciously now, the second email, they saw your name once. And you've got a good subject line, so then they'll open the email. So the, there's something called the Twitter effect with email. The first 140 characters are really important. So it's a subject line and that first sentence in the email. So you, you'll want to use something that's going to grab their attention, not just in the subject line, but also in that first email, which tends to be the preview text for all emails. So now that you've gotten through that part, you've got a really good chance of people, of somebody not only opening your email, but reading it. So those are the first two things you want to do. The third thing may be the most critical. And this is one thing that it, a lot of people just don't do, again, because it's a little extra work, and that's segmenting your emails mm-hmm. using um, uh, conditional emails. And, and what I mean by that is you start you start asking people in the email or before they sign up, uh, maybe if you're a man or a woman. So you can do by gender, you can do by age, you can do a segmentation by um, actions that they would be taking, uh, psychographics, demographics, uh, location. But you want to start segmenting those emails as much as you possibly can. So now you're getting the right message in front of the right person at the right time and the right frequency. And that's when you start seeing open rates in the 60, 70, 80 percent open uh, open rate levels because they're very specific to the the user. There's another study that showed that half of people would prefer to see emails from businesses that they do business with. But 25 percent of those people have found that the emails aren't relative to their uh, to them and they're not they're not. They're not interested or they're sent in, a, in too much of a frequency where they, they feel like they're overwhelmed so that the right frequency with the right message is really important. Wow. That is, that's so impactful because it's not just the mechanics of behind the scenes. It's not just um, the subject line and the copy you have, but it's the frequency and the connection that you're making to your audience that really has that that piece going. So that goes back to understanding your ideal client, your avatar, and what they want from you. Um, what was uh, what's what are the three things you you make something um, that somebody wants um, and you give it to them, right? You, you have to understand what they want. You have to make it, and then you have to give it to them. <laughs> so right. you're, you're doing that in your segmentation or your, your understanding of your client, how often that they want to see that email. I think the other piece that, um, that, that popped up into my mind was that not only when you're, when you're doing this, the frequency, you know, you could be too much, but you could be too far, you know, sending a once a month email and they're like, who are you? I forgot who you are. Or, you know, it's been a while and you come up with a couple of emails and they're like, I don't remember you. How did you get my email? You know, oh, three months ago you signed up for something, you know, so that consistency is important as well. It really is. And a lot of people don't realize that they'll think, well, I will send something uh, every other week because I don't want to overwhelm people. But Keep in mind, they have a lot of emails coming in, and they can forget you pretty fast. Uh, Again, other people send them every day, which can be a bit overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we find is that 
a good way to segment your list right away is customers and prospects. If you have a newsletter that's going out, you can send emails to your customers more frequently than you can prospects. And uh, if, if you have certain email that's going to customers, they're going to open that email at a much higher rate than a prospect is going to. Which and, affects all your, all your previous stuff that you were talking about because correct. they're opening your email. Correct. So that, that affects your overall uh, sender authority, which will, uh, will impact your overall open rate, uh, which will end in deliverability. So there's a good reason to segment. I, 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 now, an, an example that I'll use sometimes is imagine you have a shoe store and you have a customer coming in. So you're not just going to sell them every shoe that you have in there, you're going to look and say, oh, it's a man or a woman. I'm not going to sell a woman men's shoes. I'm going to take her over to the women's department. We're going to look at those shoes. Now, what kind of shoe is she looking for? Is she looking for a dress shoe? Is she looking for a casual shoe? Is she looking for a sneaker? So now we've segmented down again. We've decided, okay, I'm only going to show sneakers. Well, do you want designer sneakers? Do you have, do you have flat feet? Or you look into sneakers sure. for running or walking? So this, and that's what you should be thinking about when you're segmenting. And the nice thing about pretty much all the email service providers now is that they give you the opportunity to do that. You can tag somebody and move them to a list based on them opening emails. Uh, you can tag someone and put them into another list based on them clicking a link. By asking a question, they went to a certain page. And so you can really uh, uh, get very specific on the type of person that you have on your list and what they would want. And if you're providing them exactly what they want, they're going to open up the email at a very high rate. And so you're going to see many more sales. It takes a little bit of work to do that, but it's well worth it. Oh, it sounds like it. I mean, first of all, having the awareness that you've got to do these kind of things to be successful. Um, and then, and then really having what the customer wants and providing it for them in a manner. The thing that always catches me is like, you know, when you're, um, when you start like the, the Facebooks and the Googles and you, and you, you go shopping for, those tennis shoes, those sneakers that you were looking at. And then now all the ads that come up are those tennis shoes and sneakers, you mm-hmm. know, because they've, they've triggered that in there. But it's the same thing for your client is that you want to give them what they're looking for. Good point. And email Good gives point. you the opportunity to really dig, dig, dig down and get the exact type of item or, or, or product or service that they're looking for and the way they want it and when they want it. So you can, you can be really very uh, effective in selling using email. And one of the reasons why McKenzie and company found that it was 40 times more effective than social media. And it's, ma- it's mainly because of the specific way that you can market to a customer. You can be very let's, targeted. Let's talk about the difference there. Um, between the email and, you know, I mean, you gave us all the examples of, of the, the things that you need to do to set up for success, but why would, um, why do people think that social media is going to be that much easier than sending out emails? Is there, is there um, a method that they're, we're missing? I think that 
social media is kind of the sexy way of uh, marketing to customers nowadays. It's the, it's the most popular way. It's the trendy thing. Uh, and they've done a, a, a really good job of selling themselves. Uh, I, I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about advertising in general. Advertising has always been a, a gamble. It's it, oh, it's I, I did advertising when it was just print media and it was always hit and miss more often miss than hit and even the big ad ad agencies would tell you the same thing most of their campaigns aren't going to be a hit they're not going to do as well as they expected them to do whereas with email it can be set up really fast for example we set up a campaign for a, a totally new market and got a customer within a week and it didn't, it didn't take long. It's a high-paying customer. We're going to go after more customers. And, and, it, and it can be so specific in who you go after that you can't. You can go after, uh, we do business-to-business -business work. So we know what size company we want, what they do, and how much they're doing in volume, how many, how many employees they have, the exact person that we want to target. It can be far more specific than social media. But it can be complicated to set up. And I think that setup part is what keeps people out where Facebook has made it really easy for the average person to go in and just start running a campaign. And it's, it's the least amount of resistance to getting things. But I think, I think, I think the, the other flip side is, is that there, it's a different mindset in the social world. You have to go in there and disrupt them because they're in there looking at their friends' photos and they're looking for, um, the new sneakers online and they're looking for the recipe of the week and that cute little cat picture video or whatever it is. So they're there to turn off their business and you have to be, I think you have to be so disruptive to go, Oh, here's a shiny object. I need to go over there and look. And, and I think that's the, I think that's the challenge that we have, but however, email, email, they're already in there. It's a business tool they're expecting certain things, you know, they're not shocked that you popped up in front of their kitty video, um, you know, because it was intended and it was there for it. It's just making sure that I think you have that, um, you know, once you get past the technical stuff, you have that subject, that reputation, they're recognizing you or you're being attractive enough to get them to open it the first time. So they recognize you. But I think that you bring it's, up um, some really good points on disruption yeah. uh, because a lot of people think that email is a bit too disruptive, and you're right. Most, especially business email, they get solicited all the time. They're, they're used to that. Versus and it's not going so on shocking, Facebook. right? Right, right. Hmm, you're absolutely interesting. right. Interesting. Yeah, I think that um, you know we have to we have to do something. We have, we can't just, we can't just build the baseball park and expect them to come. You know, we have to build it or we have to talk to them and get them and then we build it afterwards. So however you, the chicken or the cart before the horse, the horse before the horse before the cart, but the same, the same factor has to be there. You have to communicate and you have to market and present your business or you'll be the best kept secret in the world, yeah, whether you truth. have everything that your client would ever want and desire at the, at a price that is, you know, perfect for them. But if they don't know you're there, <laughs> you can't do business. So this is a necessary evil. 
Um, maybe not evil, but this is a necessary tool that I think business owners must master and, and find a rhythm in so they can communicate on a platform that their listeners and their, their ideal customers are, are using, whether it be TikTok or social media or, or, you know, uh, landing web pages or, or Google, it's, it's one of many, but it's something that has to be utilized and, and email marketing is, is there it's, it's long-term it's got the history and it needs to be used. So you've really brought up some fabulous ideas on things that I know my listeners did not realize when they hit that send button and thought that their email would be open. This is, this is great. So, okay. What else do we need to know in the last few minutes of this, of this incredible conversation that, that might, our listeners might need to know? Well, if you're thinking about using email, I think the most important thing is to plan out your strategy first, your, your overall marketing strategy. So get with someone like you that's going to help them map out their strategy and then see where email fits into that strategy, mm-hmm. whether you're going to use it as outreach, an outreach tool, or whether you're going to use it to support your other advertising so you get somebody on a list and then we're going to market to them. Uh, that's really important to understand how you're going to use email, whether you're going to be using email for your invoicing or uh, sending out proposals or uh, your contact form and all the elements of email that are going to be used to generate business for you and make sure you have a solid plan and a strategy to use them effectively. You are singing my song. <laughs> Love it. So one of the things that we do inside my consulting uh, agency is that we create a marketing directive. And that marketing directive is essentially the, the foundation for what you want to do with the email that you're getting. And, and we know that um, marketing is that, uh, like you explained in the ad agencies, it often doesn't work. Um, but to increase the success of that, having that foundational piece in place, the plan, understanding your client, what's the goal, where are we sending them, what, 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 are, what are we hoping to achieve, and then working it backwards. So when, we, when we've done that foundation, people like you and this email deliverability, um, you get such higher rates. I think that's the magic piece that going from that, you know, if you're lucky, you're getting a five or 10 or 20% open rate to 60, 70 and 80, because you've done the work and you have the pieces in place. So then the, then, then the methodology or the, the tool, the email marketing then works because you've done the foundation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The results that you can achieve are almost mind blowing when you set things up properly. Ah, You know, this is, this is great. Uh, Thanks for throwing the ball back on my, uh, back to me so I can, I can shine a little bit, but yeah, this is, this is really important stuff, having that plan and strategy so that the pieces work together. So Ed, you're amazing. You've opened up our eyes (laughs) to behind the scenes on how email actually gets delivered. So where can listeners find out more about you and maybe learn some of those tricks and tips or maybe have you do it for them? Where can they find you? Well, we set up a checklist for your listeners uh, and viewers, and it's at higheropenrates.com forward slash Marcia. 
So higheropenrates.com forward slash Marcia. And there, there's a checklist on how to get your emails out of the promotional box in Gmail and into the primary inbox. 27-point checklist. If you follow the checklist, you'll see that you're getting many more of your emails out of that promotional box and into the primary email box. And there's some other things. If you want to stay subscribed, we'll share a lot of other information with you too. It's just, we, we try to give as much as we can so that you can be educated to do things. And then ultimately some of those customers, uh, the subscribers ask us for help. Love it. Well, I have a feeling I'm going to be asking for help so I can get out of that guy's block, uh, block section. And you know, it, it is, it's, it is here. Email is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. So listeners, I encourage you to take Ed up on this opportunity's 27 point checklist. That's pretty thorough. And, you know, get some help, get some help because it is an important part of your, of your profitability is to get that exposure, to get that communication channel open and working in the best way it can. So thanks. All right. Well, thanks for listening today. We hope you found an idea or two that you can put into your business that will help you be more profitable. <laughs> like I said, email's here and it's here to stay. So considering what's happened to businesses over the past year, it's now more than ever, even more important to be able to create your own profit plan. And part of that profit plan is that marketing directive. And that, that way you can have a thriving business. So I, too, have six easy action tips that you can put into your business right now that will make an impact. You can go check those out at failproofbiz.com. And as always, we would love to hear your questions or feedback or even ideas for future shows. Please subscribe and comment on today's podcast because I know Ed and I would love to answer back those questions. And as always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks, Ed. Thanks so much.